It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, October 28, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. October is Filipino American History Month. When the Sitka Assembly met on Tuesday, the group issued a resolution acknowledging the month, and sponsors said it's a step towards improving the city's outreach towards Sitka's Filipino community. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. October was first designated Filipino American History Month by the United States Congress in 2009, and the state of Alaska followed suit. Assemblymember Crystal Duncan did a little digging and found out that it hadn't been officially recognized by Sitka's local government. She co-sponsored the resolution to affirm it locally with Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis. But before they brought the resolution to the table, they sought some help creating it. Because, uh, of course, I've stated publicly, nothing about us without us is for us. And so for me, tonight I was acting as an ally. So as we drafted it, of course, Stephen and I, we don't come from this community. And so we wanted to make sure that we worked in partnership with folks who did represent and could review, edit, make recommendations. Duncan worked with local pastor Benny Grace Nabwa to develop the language in the proclamation. Nabwa thanked the assembly for the recognition. And I am very joyful to hear about this resolution. Um, in our culture, um, we can't uh, lift our own chairs, what you said. And so even if we believe that this is something that is very, very important to our people, we can't even lift a finger, you know, to do something about it. So thank you, uh, uh, Crystal and uh, Mayor Eisenbeis, for this effort. And it's not just a recognition, but the intentional recognition um, that this is uh, something that is very important for our youth to acknowledge that they do not have to blend in, that they have that they can actually stand out as uh, a people. While the resolution was widely supported at the assembly table, one member of the public, Kim Elliott, questioned whether it was divisive. I just want you to know that I have no problem with this particular thing. It's just another one of those things that seems to separate us when we should be united. But assembly member Kevin Mosier disagreed. I don't see this as being a divisive thing. Um, we are Americans and Sitkins, and this is just a way of valuing the special, unique aspects of, uh, of different communities. It's part of the city's strategic plan to improve its communication with the community and foster relationships to improve services with underrepresented groups and populations within Sitka. And Duncan said the resolution was one action the assembly could take toward that goal. And so I felt that this was one way that we could um, establish that that's something that we do want to work on. And then I hope, if anything, the Filipino community can read this knowing that we do see you, we appreciate you, and moving forward, this will become a staple recognition, just like some of the other things that uh, we've recognized throughout the year. The resolution proclaiming October as Filipino American History Month passed unanimously. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. Salmon was a hot topic in Wednesday night's debate between candidates for Alaska's sole U.S. House seat. And when asked what they would do to address the declining salmon stocks, all candidates pointed to bycatch as a continued threat to salmon and crab stocks across the state. KDLG's Izzy Ross has more. Republican and former Governor Sarah Palin began her answer with a shout out to Bristol Bay and her time in the region. Near and dear to my heart, the fish issues, um, having for years set netted on the Nushigak in Bristol Bay. She said the state is doing a good job with management and that it follows the maximum sustainable yield mandate outlined in state law. 
But she said the federal government needs to step up. It's the feds who lack the enforcement, the bycatch laws that uh, too many people are getting away with, especially foreign trawlers. They're not allowing those salmon to get back to where they need to be to spawn. We need to bust these people who are doing these illegal activities. You take their vessels, you take their gear, you take their permits, and um, we start teaching them a lesson. Bycatch is the accidental harvest of species that fishermen are not targeting. Tribes, communities, and small boat fishermen in western Alaska have been particularly vocal with their concerns about whether and how bycatch has contributed to declines in their salmon returns. Democrat and incumbent representative Mary Peltola, who previously directed the Kuskokwim Intertribal Fish Commission, said she wants to ensure there's funding for research on both the state and federal levels. But she said managers can't wait for those results. We've got to take precautionary management. We cannot allow metric tons of bycatch of juvenile salmon, crab, and halibut to be thrown overboard every year. Um, this has led to a very devastating collapse of not only salmon but halibut, and now we're seeing it in the crab industry as well. The Bering Sea snow crab fishery will be closed for the first time in its history this winter, as the number of crabs has dropped by nearly 90 percent over the past four years. Bristol Bay Red King crab populations have also declined drastically, and that fishery will be closed for the second season in a row. Republican candidate Nick Begich agreed, trawl bycatch should be addressed immediately. And he pointed to the Magnuson-Stevens Act, the main law regulating fishing in federal waters. One of the late Congressman Don Young's goals was to renew the Magnuson-Stevens Act. In September, the House Natural Resources Committee passed a revision of the act, adding in restrictions on bycatch and naming climate change as a threat to federal fisheries for the first time. Begich wants to proceed with caution. I think that we need to be careful about how we go through our Magnuson-Stevens uh, Act reauthorization and making sure that we're, we're putting precision language into the act that is actually going to demonstrably improve the sustainability of these fisheries. Begich also noted that while some runs in the state have declined, Bristol Bay's sockeye salmon returns are at a record high. He said managers must look at why Bristol Bay is succeeding and learn from that. Biologists don't know exactly why Bristol Bay's runs have been so large in recent years, but say it may be due to warming waters, both in the ocean and in freshwater spawning grounds. Other species have not fared as well. King and chum salmon in parts of the bay were at some of their lowest numbers on record in recent years, and neither species has been meeting the minimum goal for sustainability. Libertarian candidate Chris Bai said he saw just three king salmon on the Chena River while working as a fishing guide this summer. He also agreed bycatch is an issue. But just throwing it back doesn't solve the problem. I, I honestly think we need to get industry more involved in reducing their catch. Otherwise, it's not going to be there. It's only a renewable resource until it's all gone. Bai also suggested divvying up seats on the North Pacific Fishery Management Council by region rather than race. That council decides fishery policy in Alaska's federal waters. Peltola advocated adding two Alaska native seats to that council as part of the Magnuson-Stevens rewrite. Early voting is underway in many communities across the state. Election Day is November 8th. In Dillingham, I'm Izzy Ross. 
A special dugout canoe was dedicated in Angoon this week. It's the first one built in Angoon since the late 1800s when U.S. military forces attacked and destroyed the village. Students who helped carve the canoe say the project helped them see their own resilience. KTOO's Yvonne Crumry has this story. Master carver Wayne Price and several teenagers are pushing a long wooden canoe on a wheeled platform. It's bright red and it stands out against the gray, rainy morning. Some of the teens are wearing Crocs and others are wearing regalia, blue robes with form-lined fish beaded onto them. Little kids in bright purple and yellow coats are lifted into the canoe and pushed along like they're in a parade float. The view on this day 140 years ago was very different. Everything along this waterfront was in flames in 1882 when the U.S. Navy bombed the village, burning their clan houses and food stores, destroying their fleet of canoes, vital for fishing and hunting for food. The Daishitan and Kutsnuwu Kwan people were left for the winter with only one boat and no shelter. No one knows for sure how many died that winter. Many of the families in Angoon today are the survivors. The U.S. Navy has never apologized. I am very, very proud of both uh, my, my teammates that helped me with the steaming process and as a community. Just proud to finally have this new beginning. Shigane Kyle Johnson is a high school student in Angoon. He helped carve the new canoe, or yak, for the community. He and five other students fasted for a day when they put the boat to the test, adding hot rocks to it and letting the steam expand the wood into shape. It's called steaming the yak open, and it can often make or break the work. It's a lot easier to learn about our culture and our traditional ways when it's hands-on, like carving a paddle, for instance. His mom, Kukish Tla Chinera Johnson, teaches Tlingit in the schools and helped with the canoe project. She says this history shows the resilience of the Kutsnuwu Kwan. We're still here and our community is thriving and our students and our, our children are eager to learn and eager to carry on that part of our culture. For Kyle, this project has made him hungry to learn more about his culture. I hope that we start leaning more towards our traditional ways of uh, hunting and gathering and living off the land. In the spring, the yak will be given a name and launched into the water for the first time with Kyle and several of his classmates aboard. In Angoon, I'm Yvonne Crumry. I'm Brooke Schaefer and this has been Raven News. <laughs> <laughs>